Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Things are continuing to heat up in Syria. Our government's military response to the use of chemical weapons has been swift and fierce. How will this affect the tentative peace that we currently have with Russia? It seems that President Trump and Vladimir Putin are at a standoff. We need to remember to put our hope in Jesus and not a man. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 15th. 2018. I get so many um, comments and posts and emails and, you know, rebukes <laughs> throughout the week. And I, I just respectfully would say to those who, who suggest that the wings of the eagle in Revelation that protect Israel for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation after the abomination that causes desolation at the midpoint, which is Daniel 9.27, by the way, uh, that, that the eagles represent America? No. The eagle in typology in Scripture is deity. That's God. God alone protects Israel for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. When Israel is attacked, they're all alone by God's design. Because in that prophecy, again, you have the detail where Ezekiel writes that they will know that I, I am God when they see what I'm going to do. Here, against all odds, Israel will be attacked and they will prevail. Why? Because they're so strong militarily? No. Because the U.S. was there to defend them militarily? No. They will survive and even thrive. Why? Because God did it for them. That's why. That's what the Bible says. And that's why we know. And that's what we can know. When we don't know... (laughs) We go back to what we do know. And this is what we do know. As I mentioned at the beginning, I want to take the remainder of our time and talk about what this means to every one of us, especially those who are fearful. I say that because there's a lot of fear. A lot of people are fearful, even Christians are fearful and weary. (laughs) A lot of Christians are very weary, very discouraged. 
losing hope. I want to encourage you. There is hope. But here's the thing. That hope is not in this world or the things of this world. Let me just share with you very candidly that one of the things that I believe God is doing in these last moments of world history as we know it is He is disrupting our lives in this world to ready us and steady us for the next. Because this world is not our home. You've heard it said that, you know, God comforts the afflicted, but God also afflicts the comfortable, especially those who are too comfortable in this world with the things of this world. And I think as Christians, we we are prone to dig our roots down too deep in the soil of this temporal life. And God wants to uproot and ready us, loosen our ever-tightening grip on this world. And those who tend to put their hope in this world, or dare I say even this president, Bear with me. Don't don't tune me out. This is a a concern that I have, is that there are many well-meaning Christians that are putting their hope in President Trump. My hope is not in a president. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And by the way, while I'm at it, I guess, again, (laughs) Uh, could it be that God wants to have you become disenchanted with, even disgusted with this world, so you'll want to leave? I've shared this before, maybe this is as good of a time as any to share it again, but uh, when I was in high school, I I was a teacher's kid. My dad was a a teacher, and um, I was so rebellious. I wasn't saved. I didn't get saved until after I graduated. (laughs) But uh, I was so rebellious, and I got suspended uh, from um, in my senior year. Almost got expelled. Got suspended for something that I, I did. And there was this one teacher that, that pulled me aside and said, not a Christian, said, said something to me that, that uh, I don't think she realized at the time how profound it would be in my life. She said, you know, if your high school years were the best years of your life, you wouldn't want to graduate. You know where I'm going with this, right? I mean, there are those that... You know, and especially it doesn't help when the teacher says something like, hey, enjoy, you know, school because this, these are the best years of your life. And you're going, this is as good as it gets? Shoot me now. I did not enjoy high school. 
I could not wait to get out of high school. And she said to me, she said, you know, if for you, it's bad. But if it wasn't bad for you here, you wouldn't want to leave here. And isn't that true for us? When things are too good here, we don't want to leave. We don't want to leave. So, I hate to say it this way, but for lack of a better way of saying it, God's got a problem. (laughs) You know what His problem is? If our hope is in this world, He's got to do something so that our hope is not in this world, our hope is in Him to take us out of this world. So how do you suppose He's going to do that? He's going to make us uncomfortable. Right? Maybe that's why what's happening in your life is happening in your life. That's God's way of saying, Hello? Don't get too comfortable down here. This isn't your final destination. I'm coming soon to take you to your final destination. Do you want to go? Isn't it true when things are not going so well, we want the Lord to come back, right? Can I get a witness here? <laughs> because, I mean, I mean, when you're going through adversity and trials and, and difficulty, you're like, oh Lord, come quickly. And when things are going good, you're like, hey, <laughs> no hurry, no worry. Romans 15, verse 13, the Apostle Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Peter in his first epistle, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, listen to this. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Is that where your treasure is? Matthew 6, verses 19 through 34. I encourage you to uh, read them in your own time in God's Word. Jesus basically says this, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves and the IRS coming up on April 15th. take away. I just kind of totally ruined your day, didn't I? Because today's the 15th and Tuesday's tax day, so have a nice afternoon. But anyway, (laughs) don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thief cannot break in and steal. And then he says this, He says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He didn't say the other way around. He didn't say where your heart is, there will your treasure be. No, 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 no. 
Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where's your treasure? Where's your inheritance? That's where your heart is. It's kept in heaven for you. Here's the thing. It's important to understand that one has to be born again into this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead in order to inherit eternal life. Think of it this way. Just like one would be born into a wealthy family and as such have a rich inheritance, so too are we born again into the family of God and inherit eternal life and the riches that are ours in Christ. Actually, this is the good news. The good news of salvation, or if you prefer, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, unless you and I are born again, we will not see the kingdom of heaven. You must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? You're born again of the Spirit of God. You're born again spiritually. You're born the first time physically in sin under Adam, and you're born again the second time in the new birth spiritually under the second and final Adam Jesus Christ. That's the good news. The Apostle Paul in his first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, defines what the gospel is. He says that it's of first importance, paramount importance, the most important thing. What is it? It's that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, and that he was resurrected from the dead on the third day, according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. That's the good news. The word gospel simply means good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free. Good news. What debt? Oh, (laughs) I have a penalty? Yeah. What is it? Oh, it's the death penalty. Well, that's bad news. I know. But the good news is is that somebody went to their death in your stead, paying the death penalty, your debt, instead of you, for you. That's good news. And that's the gospel. That's what the gospel is which brings every single one of us to the most important decision that we will ever make in this life for eternal life. That decision, what we do with Jesus Christ and what He did for us, will determine where every single one of us will spend eternity. That's what Everything is predicated upon when we take our last breath here and our first breath in eternity. 
If you'll kindly hear me out, just give me a couple more minutes. I want to share with you what's known as the ABCs of salvation. It is so childlike simple. Jesus said, if you come to me, you must come as a child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's so childlike simple. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner and in need of the Savior. Romans 3.10 says that there is no one righteous, not even one. We were all, again, born sinners, which is why we must be born again. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 pronounces the death penalty. This is where we're sentenced to death. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. It is not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's the gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is simply for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's the B, and here's the C. It's for call upon the name of the Lord, or if you prefer, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. This again is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans ten thirteen, This seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. You ask, Pastor, why do you keep doing this every week? And are you going to keep doing this every week? Yes. Why? Because. There might be somebody in this wonderful church that I'm privileged to pastor that has never called upon the name of the Lord. And it's incumbent upon me to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and give you an opportunity to respond. I want to share with you, lastly and quickly, if you'll bear with me, a true story from many, many years ago. I was a new believer um, in my 20s, and I was volunteering at this home for uh, orphaned and abandoned Uh, teenage boys. And I had taken under my wing this precious African-American teenager. And 
on this particular day when I was there volunteering and talking with him and sharing with him, I, uh, I, shared the go- I just sensed that I was to share the gospel with him and then give him an opportunity to respond. And he did. Like I was surprised, you know, like, what do I do now, Lord? (laughs) You know, I was kind of new at it. But I said, you know, if you were to die today, do you know for sure that you would go to be with the Lord? He said, no, I don't. I said, do you know that you can know that you have eternal life? And I just, I presented it in a, I'm sure, a very discombobulated way, but God's word doesn't return void, and he received it. And he prayed right there with me that day and was saved. He called upon the name of the Lord and was saved. Later that week, they had an outing and he drowned. And it was at at that time that I just, I said to myself, first of all, I just, I was so thankful that I had prayed with him that day. And then he came across. I'm going to see him in heaven. You just don't know. You just don't know. And you might be watching online. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. And that's why we want to give you the opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you for Bible prophecy. Thank you for telling us in your word what's going to happen before it happens. So when it begins to happen, non-believers will believe and believers will look up and lift up their heads and be encouraged and have hope in this blessed hope that soon and very soon that trumpet's going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. All of those loved ones that went home to be with you, that we miss so much and even grieve, not as the world grieves, but we grieve. Their bodily resurrection is going to take place first, and then we in a twinkling of an eye, that fast, are going to put off these corruptible bodies and put on incorruptible, glorified bodies and meet you in the air and be with you forever. Oh, Lord, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Lord, if there's anybody here in this church today or watching online by some other way, that is not ready for you because they're not right with you, I pray that today they will call upon you and be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough, or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please. If you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.